How to show up with Coca-Cola energy. You're tired and you're thinking of canceling on your friends. Don't do it! Every time you cancel on a friend, a unicorn loses its horn and becomes a regular horse. Do you really want that on your conscience? Instead, grab an ice-cold can of Coca-Cola energy with delicious Coke taste and reinvigorating energy. Keep the unicorns alive! Show up every day with Coca-Cola energy. Energy you want, taste you love. You wrote a, a really great piece entitled The Police Immigration and the Racial Divide. And this is becoming a bigger issue, a much bigger issue in this country and in light of world events. You have the Hispanic population regarding immigration and the border. You have a growing anger among many minorities, specifically African-Americans, against police. And Ferguson and Staten Island are not the only two areas in the country who feel that way. Detroit, hello, is another example. And and now, with uh, growing terrorism, every time there's a terrorist attack, there seems to be more uh, prejudice, Islamophobia, and attacks toward yet another uh, immigrant racial uh, minority in this country. Um you, you write about so many things, but one of the things is the police treatment of minorities. Let's start with that. Talk to us about the polls. What do the polls show regarding police's treatment of minorities in this country? Well, if you look at uh, the opinion of all Americans, uh, they're pretty much split down the middle on the question. Uh, roughly half the American public thinks that uh, the police did the right thing, were uh, acting uh, with requisite force, and the other half of the American public thinks they overreacted. And is, now, is, this, go, is, this, yeah. split, is this split along lines of color, along party lines, uh, socioeconomic status? What do we know about that split? Well, it's clearly divided by race. Uh, in the... Uh, poll that I cited in that article, which was an ABC News Washington Post survey, uh, you had 65% of white Americans basically come down on the police side, uh, who said police acted appropriately. Uh, however, only 20% of the blacks uh, feel that, black Americans feel that the, uh, that the police treat uh, minorities fairly. Uh, so there's a big racial divide. And any time you have that kind of racial divide, as you do there, it's going to lead to conflict. Most definitely. I just got a, uh, a very whew, tough tweet. Dana tweets, Shove a N-word's head through a plate glass window is no longer a viable policing methodology. Um, is, is the perception that far off from the reality? I mean, we look at what the polls say regarding people, but what do the stats say regarding police and their treatment toward minorities in uh, you know, their apprehension um, of a suspected uh, criminals uh, versus uh, the white folks? Well, so the first thing, if you look at the crime statistics, uh, blacks are, I mean, a good example uh, that people talk about all the time, which I think is very legitimate, if you look at uh, the racial breakdown of when police stop cars, they're much more likely to stop a car driven by an African-American or a Latino than they are an Anglo. So, stat, uh, so basically, uh, stats back up racial pro, that racial profiling exists. It's not just a perception; it is a reality. Oh, it is a reality, and, and it's a you know very wide gap. And clearly, 
what you see here is that if a police officer is cruising down a street uh, in a really ritzy neighborhood and he sees a car with a black American in it, that car is going to be pulled over. Whereas if he sees uh, a white person driving a car through the neighborhood, likely not. So there, you know, you can understand why minorities are so resentful uh, of the police, and they are based on that ABC Washington Post survey, uh, because they get targeted and profiled. And it's not a good situation for anybody when an important arm of the government, like the police force, uh, is not trusted uh, by the, by its community. And I think that's what you have here. You, what you had clearly in Ferguson, where you had a very large uh, majority black population and an almost all-white police force. Uh, and that was a dangerous mix. What did you find? What, excuse me, my throat. <laughs> what did you find uh, re- regarding the, you write about this new movie, Selma, that I've heard a lot of great things about that's coming out. <clears throat> this new movie, Selma, that dramatizes the civil rights movement in the 1960s. Do you find a correlation between history in the 60s regarding civil rights movement and what's taking place now uh, throughout our nation among these communities are angry with the way they are being treated by the white man, by the man, if you will? Well, yeah. I, you know, I think it was interesting, and I pointed this out in the article, that you have this movie, Selma, coming out, which is a dramatization of the 1960s uh, civil rights struggle, including uh, the incident, the incident at the Selma Bridge in Alabama and Martin Luther King. And you have, while the movie comes out, you have the 1960s recreating itself in real life. Uh, you've had several black people who have been unarmed black people who have been shot uh, by white policemen in different parts of the country. Uh, you have now the number three person in the House of Representatives, uh, Steve uh, Scalise from Louisiana, has admitted to giving a speech uh, to a white supremacist uh, group uh, that's associated with Ku Klux Klan uh, leader David Dukes. So the 60s seem to be recreating themselves in the same way that the movie Selma does. Is it fair to say we're going backward with regard to race relations in America today then? I think, yeah, I think we are going backward. Um, I think we're at a real crucial time now. I think what may have happened is when Barack Obama was elected president and re-elected president, we thought, oh, this is a great new era of racial harmony, kumbaya, uh, you know, whites are going to get along with blacks and everybody's going to be happy. But what I think happened instead is that many white Americans, especially older white Americans, all of a sudden are, oh, my God, uh, you know, we're losing, and I say we're losing white, you know, white people are losing their grip on American society. And I think Barack Obama's election stimulated uh, a lot of uh, resentment, especially among older white Americans. Uh, and I think this is going to be an issue because, as I pointed out in the article, and I think I said before in the show, that the U.S. Census Bureau believes uh, that by 2050, uh, we are going to, whites are going to be a minority in this country. And that's bound to cause conflict because some people don't want to let go. And I think what you have here is a group 
of, you know, a, not a majority, but a strong minority full of, you know, white, older whites who are diehards, and they're going to fight this, uh, you know, move towards diversity with every inch ounce of strength they have, and I think that's what's going on now. And I think that's going to be the big challenge in the next generation in the United States of, you know, dealing with the social changes that are occurring in the country so they happen peacefully uh, without conflict. So you feel that as whites become less and less the majority, which we're, we're looking at, what, what did you say, 2050, 2054? 2050. I had seen, I had seen 2054, but still... Not too, not too long from now, right? Yeah, we're that they're going to, in a sense, yeah. not claw their way back to the top because they can't. I mean, the numbers are there, and the numbers are are what they will. But you think year by year going forward, that that reality is going to cause more problems and a larger racial divide. The reason I ask that is, many years ago, Brad, somebody once told me the downfall of America will be a race war, and well, I, and, I, and I couldn't see something like that, but. I have to say that it doesn't become such a, you know, grassy knoll theory when you look at what's happening now and what could happen going forward. Well, I think I think in the next few years it's going to get pretty ugly. Uh, but over the long haul, I think America is going to adjust well to it. One of the things I point out in the article is if you look at racial attitudes, young uh, white Americans are incredibly racially tolerant. Older white Americans aren't. And as I think the new young generation of whites uh, becomes more prominent and politically powerful, that's going to ease the way. Uh, because, uh, you know, let's face it, older white people uh, are much more likely to be uh, discriminated against blacks and feel suspicious of them and Latinos uh, than younger white Americans are. So I think for the next few years it's going to get pretty ugly, but I think because of the young people in this country, it's going to get better over the long haul. Um, I hope so. <laughs> Let's talk yeah. about Bill de Blasio, who was at war with his own police officers because he advised his mixed-race son to be wary of them. Do you think we're going to see more of that, too? The cops against the politicians, when especially in a city, in a city like New York, but especially a mayor in a city, they need to be able to work together. They have to be able to work together. This is a very bad fragmentation, a relationship that should not be and cannot be fragmented. It has to be uh, repaired. Uh, by some means at some point? Oh, absolutely. Uh, and I think you're going to see, con- and, you know, the, the best way to deal with this, and, again, Ferguson's a classic example of this, is you have a largely black community um, overseen by a largely white police force, uh, and that's going to lead to problems. And one of the things that has to happen, and it should happen very quickly, uh, is for more Latinos and blacks and Asians uh, to become police officers, because in the last analysis, that's probably uh, the best way to deal with the problem, maybe the only way to solve the problem. Uh, so uh, hopefully that will happen, and I think police departments should be very aggressive uh, in trying to find a police force that is representative of the community they're supposed to protect. Let's look at the – well, we're going to take a break because I I want to get into a conversation regarding not just the polls, but I want to get into a conversation regarding the politicians. And you touched upon some of what I want to talk about because obviously – I mean, we have the constituency and we have the voters, but we have the politicians who have the power for legislation. So we're going to talk about that in a moment. 
And we're back. I'm Leslie Marshall. Welcome, welcome back. Only True Democracy in Talk Radio of Four. And by you, the people, Brad Bannon's our guest. Follow him on Twitter at Brad Bannon. He is president and CEO of Bannon Communications Research. I keep saying guest. He's not a guest. He's my co-host. Every second hour, every Friday, he'll be sticking around for hour three. Here, the first half of the hour, Secretary of Labor, Tom Perez, joining us the second half. Um, Brad, let's go back to your piece that you wrote about uh, the tension uh, between uh, race, the political divide. And one of the things that you also talk about is the police and you put immigration and the racial divide. You didn't just talk about police and the racial divide. Why did you include immigration? And and let's touch upon that. Well, I include immigration because I think a lot of the opposition in Congress and in the United States uh, to immigration reform uh, is racially motivated. And again, I think it's just part of a larger patent where people are seeing that uh, that uh, minorities are becoming a bigger, bigger, and more important part of American society. And I think it threatens a lot of people. And I think this is especially true of Latinos because the Latino population uh, is growing so fast. Uh, it, the two fastest growing population groups in the United States uh, are not white people. Uh, they are Asian Americans and Latinos. Uh, and I think that uh, pe- there are some people who want to continue to see the United States as a white country. Uh, and I think the fact that society is changing and is changing radically already in some places, you in California uh, and in Texas, uh, and I think it threatens a lot of people. Uh, whether it's Latino, black, or Asian. And I think uh, a lot of people said, well, you know, the last thing we need is a whole lot more brown people uh, come into this country. We've already got plenty of them. Uh, And as I pointed out in the article, uh, my guess is if there was a massive uh, immigration from the great white north in Canada, I don't think we'd have the everybody would be putting up the fuss. But instead of white people from Canada, we're getting brown people from uh, Central America. That is a threat to a lot of people. And I think, honestly, the bottom line is a lot of the opposition to immigration reform is just plain racism. Let's go to Richard and Maryland, line three. Richard, question or comment? Um, yeah, I was just uh, going to comment about uh, about. Um, Something that was uh, mentioned on your Twitter feed about uh, white, uh, white, the differences between white and black relations, and uh, how, and the how that was, and how police reform and that that current issue will is affected by it. Brad, so, yeah, oh, go ahead, go ahead, go ahead. No, I was just going to say that uh, one of the key things is that. Why that, especially between like white and black Americans, uh, completely different experiences with police, and the idea of seeing a policeman, police officer, as a your neighbor, your friend, someone that would be able to help you in very bad situations, so is completely different than uh, the common experience among uh, black people in America because of this uh, antagonistic relationship in a way and because of uh, the history of the police uh, in many ways being 
those who enforce the, the racist laws. Okay, we're going to take a break. How to show up with Coca-Cola energy. You're tired and you're thinking of canceling on your friends. Don't do it! Every time you cancel on a friend, a unicorn loses its horn and becomes a regular horse. Do you really want that on your conscience? Instead, grab an ice-cold can of Coca-Cola energy with delicious Coke taste and reinvigorating energy. Keep the unicorns alive! Show up every day with Coca-Cola energy. Energy you want, taste you love. 